Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O Hey, hey, another episode of the Announcer Schedules Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Episode 42. I'm your host, Mike Gill. Phil DeMont Mollen. He is the face, the voice of at Announcer Skeds on Twitter. Don't forget, we are here each and every Thursday on Last Word on Sports. You can follow us, like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. We talk announcers. We break down the calls. We tell you who's calling the big games and even the small games. We try to include as many announcers each and every week. We got a great guest for you this week. By now, many of you may or may not have heard the story of FAU broadcaster Ken Lavica and the challenges he had in the Elite Eight the other night at Madison Square Garden. This wasn't like he was in some D3 gym, Phil. He's at the Mecca, and he had some challenges. So we're going to catch up with Ken. He's going to tell us the story about how the FAU Elite Eight win almost didn't make the air. It's going to be pretty cool, so stick around for that. What's going on, Phil? Yeah, can't wait to talk to to Ken about that whole story. I've got I've got some thoughts about it, you know, and obviously happening at a place like Madison Square Garden isn't where you'd expect it to happen, but can't wait to hear from his percept percept side of things, you know, exactly how that went down and so forth and it's going to be great to to catch up with him and guy, what a time of year, you know, as we head into the the final four. Just to give you a little perspective, men's and women's Tournament games, you know, just the NCA. We're not talking NIT or, or any of that stuff. 128 tournament games in the books this season, you know, from the first four through the Elite Eight, 64 on the men's side, 64 on the women's side. That's a lot of basketball, Mike, and a, and a lot of, you know, broadcasting to, to take in. And, you know, we've been covering every step of the way. Uh, have you, I know you've worked a lot of broadcasts. Have you ever had a situation like Ken's come up? Have you ever had something where the power went out, the internet went out, something disconnected that you had to transmit the broadcast in an unusual way? Me personally, you know, you mentioned D3 gyms. Like I work at a division three, uh, institution and we actually pride ourselves on, on, you know, bringing the broadcast to our viewers and listeners you know we stream every home athletic event we've got at our our small college to youtube and yeah i mean you know on our limited budget we do have internet issues and things like that from time to time and oftentimes we we flat out go off the air and we're able to get back on and say hey you know our our apologies and that kind of thing and, and make up for lost ground it happens on that level when you get to these higher levels that you know i can think of a couple situations, but they weren't so much with the network as they were with the facility. And this was the case, I guess, with with Ken at, at MSG as well. You know, I remember a, a football game that we were covering, college football, way out. I think it was in Nevada, um, you know, a, a Mountain West Conference game. And the entire power went out in the, the whole football stadium. So the game stopped for like 45 minutes, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, 
obviously power goes out. So you've got power out for all the trucks and all the, you know, equipment for the broadcast as well. So I'm sure they're freaking out down there at the truck. And then from the booth standpoint, we're just kind of waiting on some, some direction and that kind of thing. But I know there's been tons of stories over the years, guys, you know, call in games over the phone, whatever it might be, whatever it takes. And uh, yeah, Ken's story seems as exceptional as any, especially the timing as it was heading right into the, you know, the, what, what was sure to be the biggest call of his career and the biggest call of that institution's, you know, athletic history. And uh, yeah, he was able to, to pull it off. So hats off to him. And, you know, the last thing I'll say is, you know, I, I wish schools, radio stations, media entities, that kind of thing would support the broadcasts better to give a guy like Ken, you know, all the, the help he needs, you know, it's, you know, they, he should have an engineer. If you ask me, you know, you, you compare it to, you know, some of the, the broadcasts you see from the other operations, you certainly can compare it to say like what a Westwood one or ESPN radio does. I don't think it's that huge of a, um, you know, uh, uh, expense when, when in the grand scheme of things, when you think about how much money's coming in from, for March madness and to be able to give him the support he needs so he can just do his job as a play-by-play guy and not have to worry about all these buttons and stuff at the same time, especially when something like this happens. But that's a story for another day. Um, but I can't wait to hear from him as far as exactly how that all went down. How about you, Mike? Have you ever had an experience oh, on, I've on had this many, uh, side of things? I've had many of them. I can recall one big one. I was doing West Virginia women's at the time. They were at UConn for a game. So we're on the road at UConn. And we're trying to set up the equipment. Now, this is back in the days of like an ISDN line. And you would have to get the ISDN line. It would call back to the studio who had an ISDN box on that side. And the two ISDNs talked. Well, in packing up the equipment to go on the road, we forgot a major, major piece of the ISDN line, the power cord. So we did not have the ISDN box on our side to call the ISDN box on the other side. So basically, we looked all over the place trying to figure out what to do. Here we are sitting on press row using an old push-button phone. And I did the play-by-play on the hand on the phone. And as the play switched sides of the court, I kept switching the handheld back from one ear to the other ear and just called the action and every so often – I'd pass the phone over to the color commentator and let him talk into the phone. We have the game on tape. It is forever called, you know, the phone game. So that is one. Uh, You know, you're doing games, as you mentioned, you know, high school football, college football, smaller college games where power goes out, a parent kicks the power cord, and it pulls it out, and the whole thing goes down. That has happened on numerous occasions. But Ken was at Madison Square Garden in the Elite Eight. The last thing I'm sure he's thinking as he's calling the game with, as you said, kind of blindly, I think, I don't know, and we'll talk to Ken, they had anybody else there with him, no engineer, no setup, no nothing. You don't know you're off the air. You don't know you're getting knocked off the air, and you're kind of blindly riding. I don't know how. I'd like to find out how he figured out that he wasn't on the air any longer. Um, I think he said there was a timeout that happened, and that allowed him to kind of regroup. But how did he know he was not on the air? So that's coming up with Ken Lavica the play-by-play voice of the Florida Atlantic Owls. we got a lot of play-by-players we want to get into. Uh, let's get into some of the uh, weekend here, the Elite Eight, big games, 
Um, obviously, these were some massive games to go to the Final Four, but not the biggest name teams. Creighton, San Diego State, and we had a bizarre ending in that game. Ian Eagle, Jim Spinarkle on TV, Tom McCarthy and Jordan Kennett, uh, Cornette, excuse me, on Westwood One Radio. Uh, the ending of that game, I, I just was on Last Word on Sports Media with TJ kind of talking about how that game. You said you were listening. We talked before, Phil. You said you actually listened to that game on radio and got to hear how they kind of went through that whole bizarre ending. Yeah, I was listening to, to Tom McCarthy, former guest of the podcast, and, and Jordan Cornette on Westwood One radio you know it's it's an interesting situation on the radio side because you don't have the benefit of all the replays of course you know that that the tv viewer is enjoying you don't have the benefit of the rules analysts like gene sterator to to check in and, and give you some you know takes on it and plus there, there's just all this uh time you know, that you gotta fill at the, at the same time and i thought team act did, did a great job um i was doing my best to kind of like you know visualize it all in my head as it was happening and you know it is a tougher situation on the on the radio side but i, I thought they did a, a nice job kind of you know getting into the specifics uh cornet agreed that you know it it, it sh- should have been a call and and kind of like you were saying on on tj show you know you you, you hate to see that happen but you know it's, it's the right call to to make and and so forth so it was interesting to hear that all go down from my perspective and um yeah, I encourage folks to to look back on that last podcast episode where where you and TJ are able to to break it down, really get into you know exactly how that all went down, and you know it's cool to to uh, see Sterator. You know he's been in action throughout this tournament. Well, you know we'll see him through the final four as well. We had him on the show when you're out at the Super Bowl, and you know he he's got just as much expertise in in college basketball as he has in the NFL. Yeah, he broke it down on the television side, and he really stressed that the left hand kind of pushing that hip. Um, you know, altered the shot to some extent. And he thought that, you know, that, you know, in the Super Bowl, some people had talked about the call in the Super Bowl and said, look, the way the game had been called throughout the game, that that call was not being made earlier in the game. And I think that was kind of the conversation here, that they were really physical. They were letting them play for them to kind of call that in that moment when they hadn't been very you know, there's only 17 free throws in the whole game, and you call a free throw in that moment. I think that was what the breakdown was from the detractors. But Sterator was breaking it down from the X's and O's of that was, in fact, a foul. The left hand was pushing on the hip, and it altered the shot. So uh, that was what you got there. You end up getting a free throw to end that game. Ian Eagle, Jim Spinarco on TV, Tom McCarthy, Jordan Cornette, uh, Cornette, excuse me, Westwood one. I messed that up twice. Uh, let's go over to the Elite Eight game because we had Miami, Texas. Texas built a 13-point lead. Here comes Miami. And you had your A-team, Jim Nance, Rafferty, and Hill, Tracy Wolfson on the sideline, Kevin Kugler, and Robbie Hummel on Westwood one radio. So they had that big comeback from Miami. Yeah, I mean, I had a rooting interest in this one. I'm I'm a huge Miami fan, as listeners of the podcast know, and you know, this is such an exciting moment for for University of Miami fans as far as the basketball team going this far. And I listened again on the radio. I was, you know, on the road making some airport runs and that kind of thing. And I listened to Kevin Kugler and Robbie Hummel. I thought they they did a great job, you know, as far as the the ebbs and flows of this game, the incredible comeback by the the Hurricanes. And I late night. You know, CBS Sports Network has been replaying 
uh, the you know last couple rounds, you know the best games of the tournament, that kind of thing. If you want to check that out, uh, they've been playing it, you know, kind of almost around the clock over on CBS Sports Network. And last night they replayed the the Miami Texas game, so I got to watch the the TV broadcast. And you know, I I also can't help but think back to the Sweet Sixteen game, the Miami Houston game that Nance Raftery Hill and Wolfson also called. And you know, I was I was half kidding with some of my uh, Hurricane friends that what a spoiler to Jim Nance's party in Houston, his well, retirement party. You I know, wanted that, to that, ask <laughs> you about that because I have heard some people wondering whether CBS should have kept Nance off of Houston games. He caught a lot of the Houston games. He's obviously a Houston grad and, you know, some we, some they had video him in their huddle. Do you have a problem with CBS putting Nance on his alma mater? Well, I, I don't have a problem putting him on his alma mater. I think, you know, he he's obviously, you know, a, a thousand times over a professional when it comes to separating, being a fan and, you know, having loyalties and, and calling a game objectively. I don't know if that was the best optic as far as getting that video out there, you know, in terms of him at the shoot around the day before getting in the huddle doing a little rah-rah stuff. You know, I guess they they played off the Hello Friends thing. Um, I'm not sure if I would have gone that route, you know, necessarily. You know, you can you can always, you know, decline opportunities like that. Um, so normally, that might have added a normally little the number the one, Normally the number one team would get that Sunday night into 60 minutes, right? They would get that game. It seems like they, um, you know, put him on the Houston game in multiple scenarios. Maybe he requested that. Maybe. I mean, sometimes it's just kind of kind of how, how it works out in terms of the, the bracket and, and things like that. You know, I, I was wondering throughout the Miami-Houston game because, you know, th- what was going through Nance's head, you know, and if there was a, a, a little bit of, you know, hey, man, I, I'm, I'm disappointed that, you know, that this, you know, scenario that everyone was sort of looking towards Houston you know, one of the top seeds playing in Houston for the final four for Nance's final, final four. Um, you know, Nance's I he's as loyal to to the University of Houston as as I've really considered any broadcaster as far as loyalty to their their alma mater. He was a golfer there. He was Fred Couples roommate there. You know, there's all that, you know, great backstory about about all that. But yeah, you know, that that night of the Miami Houston game, you know, it was impressive. I mean, what Miami had done and it seemed like Raftery was really excited about Miami's performance. And, you know, I, I didn't, I don't know if I, I heard the same from Nansen Hill to be quite honest, like, and I don't know, you know, I'm not jumping to the conclusion that it's because of, you know, the, the Houston connection necessarily, but I don't know if, if, if Miami has gotten its, got its run that night. Yeah, you know well, what they did. Like they listen. put a hurting on Houston. Let's listen to Jim Nance as he calls the biggest win in Hurricane Hoops history here on CBS. It's the biggest win in Hurricane Hoops history. Miami heading to the Final Four for the first time. All right, there you go, Jim Nance. Uh, heading to the f- Final Four for the first time. I give him about a B 
B-minus on the call there. Not a lot of enthusiasm for the Hurricanes winning over Houston. And that's why I brought it up. I mean, he's a Houston alma mater, uh, and you wonder, hey, uh, is he kind of uh, dejected that here's his final, he had this whole story, Houston in Houston, and it gets taken from him. Hey, blame the blame Houston. <laughs> you know, blame Kelvin yeah, Sampson. Yeah, Houston, and, we always Houston have a problem. For, it seems that yeah, that's yeah. always the, the moniker there. <laughs> you know, so, but, you know, in all seriousness, obviously Nance's, um, you know, record speaks for himself. I mean, it's just an unbelievable legacy. Uh, he's, a like I said, a pro a thousand times over. I don't think, you know, it, 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 I'm sure it crossed his mind a few times, but I can't imagine it, it truly affecting, you know, his, his, his calls of the game. Um, if we did, yeah, yeah, we, we would have a, a problem, I guess, but I, I don't think that's the case necessarily, but, but yeah, you know, a, a wild weekend of sweet 16 elite eight action. You know, we touched on FAU, you know, the, the SDSU game, um, you know, UConn taking care of business, you know, that, that would be the biggest brand name heading into the, the final four. Uh, and yeah, it was great to see, you know, these broadcasters one time, one more time around, you know, that, that Brian Anderson, Stan Van Gundy, Dan Bonner team, Ali LaForce reporting, they stood out for me throughout the, the I was going to ask, what you did know? you think of Stan on the college? He, he made a couple of references during the broadcast. I heard him say at one point, you know, Hey, uh, I'm trying to get used to these college rules on the continuation. I mean, he made it clear that I don't have a lot of experience doing college basketball. Did, did, did you like the, the pairing? I appreciate the the honesty about that. That's for sure. You know, like I mean, I think it's it'd be silly to try to like fake it or or what have you. He's been away from the college game for quite some time. He once upon a time was was a college coach, but uh, yeah, I thought he he added a lot. You know, that it, it was a lot of fun to 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 see him. Uh, you know, on on the calls and and so forth. And you know, it's it's interesting, you know, some of these guys I feel like come in and, you know, do seem like they might be sort of faking it a little, you know, when it comes to like an NBA voice, you know, suddenly doing college games. I thought Stan uh, did, did a nice job and, you know, and the more I got used to him, you know, alongside Bonner, who's got a ton of experience, you know, um, they, they seem great. Uh, and then, of course, the final game was the uh, FAU Kansas State. Brian Anderson, as we just mentioned, Stan Van Gandy, Dan Bonner, Ali LaForce. On TV, it was Gary Cohen and John Crispin who did that game on uh, Westwood 1. So you had a couple of different calls uh, on that. Let's take a listen to FAU because we're going to have Ken Lavica, who had FAU Radio coming up in just a couple of moments here on the Announcer Schedules podcast. Let's listen how this game was called on CBS Television. Game. Kansas State now needs a three to tie it. Clock ticks. Noel dribbles. He's looking for someone. Masood got to put it up. And that's it. The Owls of Florida Atlantic. They are headed to the Final Four. All right. That was TBS, by the way. Brian Anderson on the call. The Owls of Florida Atlantic are heading to the Final Four. That was your call on a TBS television there from the television crew. And then we had Gary Cohen, uh, who had the Westwood One uh, national radio call. Let's take a listen. Does Florida Atlantic foul? It's a great question because you have a great playmaker on the floor. When you have a great playmaker like Marquise Noel, you're probably better off fouling. You've also rebounded very well. Second one on the way. Good! Three-point FAU lead. No timeouts for Kansas State. 6.9 to go. Inbounds to Noel. 
across midcourt with five. And he's not fouled. They give it to Masood. One second as ripped up by Davis. Time runs out. Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic. FAU. Fantastic. Awesome. Unreal. Dusty Mays Owls are going to the Final Four. That was how it was heard on Westwood One Radio. So you had the TV call, Phil, and you had the national radio call right there. Yeah, you know, um, great stuff there. By the way, uh, Brian Anderson, we, we we did make one, you know, um, uh, mistake there as we were going through the announcers. Anderson's partner was Jim Jackson, you know, through the tournament. Stan Van Gundy and Dan Bonner were uh, with Kevin, Kevin Harlan. Harlan. Correct. Yeah. yeah, so just wanted to clarify that. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, Brian Anderson's becoming more and more of a of – a, uh, you know, familiar voice, I think, to so many folks, you know, he, he's been doing this for a while now. I thought his his call was outstanding. And Gary Cohen's one of my personal favorites, obviously, you know, the the radio voice of the, the New York Mets. He does Seton Hall basketball through the regular season. He's been doing that for years. So he, he knows the game of basketball and the college basketball game. And, you know, he's as prepared and as um intelligent of an announcer that that I've ever, you know, come across. And, you know, it, it's cool to see him you know, do this Westwood one work uh, year in and year out and able to get that final call for the FAU game. Yeah, I know, um, you know, and we'll hear the uh, local FAU call here coming up uh, when we're joined by Ken. And uh, obviously that's a little different. You've got the localization of it to the West Palm Boca Raton audience there. There you've got the national call. And he basically filled it up with a bunch of different adjectives, almost in disbelief of what he was seeing, Phil, uh, the Florida Atlantic Owls. My cousins are alums of Florida Atlantic, and for years they've been telling me, you know, that's a sleeping giant down there. You know, uh, Lane Kiffin was the football coach. Uh, Schnellenberger started the football program, so they've been trying to get the football program up to snuff, up to speed, up to a national level, and here comes the basketball team going to the Final Four. Just an unbelievable story, and what a ride. Yeah, you know, I, I've been um, nearby the the FAU athletic program for, for many, many years. All the time I spent down in Miami, I remember when they started the, the football program. I remember when they were trying to get, you know, their sports information uh, operation off the ground. I'm, I'm really, really close to one of the, you know, the original voice of the Florida Atlantic Owls, uh, Dave Lamont, who I worked for for years with as a statistician for him, and so I've I've heard all sorts of stories about FAU and you know how they would do things, you know, especially in those early years on a on a shoestring budget and <laughs> all these things to 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 make it work. When you're starting up a football program on the Division One level, it is a heavy heavy lift, um, and yeah, they, they have persevered through it all, and then they get this huge reward of being able to go to the, the Final Four. Well, and a lot of times, Phil, I mean, maybe you can attest to this, a, a program just starting off the ground or just kind of getting its way that's not a major conference level, many times they have, you know, the student stations calling the game. So for them to yeah. have real, uh, you know, a professional radio outlet is is a plus for them. Yeah, that, that's true. You know, especially on the on the women's side, as, as you're well aware, you know, like, um, you know, I was curious because, the, you know, University of Miami was going deep in the, on the women's side, too. And someone had asked me, you know, who who's covering the game? Well, you could find all the, the women's games on, on Westwood one also. But yeah, it, the student station did have the opportunity to, to go with that team as well. That's such a cool opportunity for those, those student broadcasters. In some cases that, you know, the student broadcasters are still making the trip 
also on yeah. the, on the men's side also where you know the a, a school would have two you know radio crews at at a big event like this you know they'd have both the 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 over the air you know am or fm crew but then also you know the the student station as well and one opportunity for students all right uh let's get the final four preview it happens this weekend and uh, it's an unusual final four san diego state florida atlantic uconn kind of a uh, Probably the biggest brand basketball name in here. Miami's got a huge brand for the football side, but that's your four: San Diego, FAU, UConn, and Miami. It'll be uh, Jim Nance, Bill Rafferty, Grant Hill, Tracy Wolfson on TV, and Kevin Kugler, Clark Kellogg, who goes from the studio to the radio with Jim Jackson and Andy Katz. So this is, uh, you know, the final weekend of college hoops. Yeah. So um, first on, on the TV side, you know, we we mentioned Jim Nance and I think it's just worth thinking about, you know, by the numbers, Jim Nance in the, in the NCAA tournament and just, you know, how uh, incredible of a legacy this is. This will be his 32nd national championship game as the lead play-by-play voice uh, for the, the national championship of, of college basketball. It'll be his 94th, 95th and 96th total final four games when you have the three games played this weekend he would have finished his career calling 354 championship contests he started uh covering the ncaa tournament all the way back in 1986 for cbs he was a uh, studio host and he had done that done that for five years until taking over for musburger in 1990 with the play-by-play duties and meanwhile here he is, you know, his, his final run. Um, you know, people have asked, you know, why is he stepping away and that kind of thing? He turned 64 later this um, year, and he's got a young family. He's got a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old. And even without March Madness, he's still going to be on the road 38 out of 52 weekends. But he's trying to cut back to, you know, to see his family more. Um, he's told some reporters that his goal is to work a grand total of 51 masters. We can get into that in the coming weeks when we preview the masters that would take him to 2036 also plans to call the NFL on CBS through 2033. And last thing I, I was able to dig up, you know, he did a little bit of play by play, even in his early days with CBS, you know, I mentioned him being the, the studio host back in 1986. He did a couple of early round games as the play by play man also for CBS. And I, I did a little, you know, rabbit hole, fun research on this. And Jim Nance's partner in 1986, his first game of the ever calling for, for the NCAA tournament, Duke Old Dominion back on March 15th, 1986 in Greensboro, North Carolina, Bill Raftery. So talking about some full circle history, he gets to do another game, you know, another final four with Bill Raftery here after starting his play-by-play NCAA tournament career with Raft. And guess, get this, I look back the year before, 85, I was just curious who Raftery's partner might have been, you know, for those regionalized CBS games in 1985. And a name you're very familiar with, Harry Callis, worked with Bill Raftery on, on some it. NCAA tournament stuff back in the early round. So just some fun, you know, nuggets there. But yeah, I mean, kind of amazing, this legacy of, of Jim Nance. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, CBS will, will probably do some cool stuff as far as, you know, his career goes and sound bites and, you know, the, the truck and, and all these sorts of things. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. 
Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Speaking of Harry Callis, uh, next week on the show, we're going to be talking to a Philadelphia region uh, broadcaster, longtime Sixers voice Mark Zumoff will be on the show next week. And Mark uh, obviously retired from the Sixers. This is his second season out of the television booth. Kate Scott now has that role. But Mark has a new venture that we're going to uh, talk to him about, but also his broadcasting career, 30-plus years of being the voice of the Sixers on the old Prism Network here in Philadelphia, and then Comcast Sportsnet Philadelphia and NBC Sports Philadelphia. He was uh, a very, very popular voice in the Philadelphia region, and we'll hear what he has going on uh, coming up next week on the Announcer Schedules podcast. Hey, if you're looking to go to the NCAA championship games and the Final Four, how about Ticket Smarter for your ticket selection and prices? Download the Ticket Smarter mobile app or go to TicketSmarter.com for tremendous selection to all the big college hoop games this coming NCAA March Madness season. Your purchase is 100% secure through the system with competitive prices on the secondary market. Use the promo code HOOPS23 and get $50 off your order of $400 or more. And that promo code is good as many times as you want to use it. HOOPS23, 50 bucks off your order of $400 or more from Ticket Smarter. Think March, think smarter, think Ticket Smarter. And remember, use the announcer schedule podcast code HOOPS23. Okay, we've got uh, the NCAA tournament. We also have the NIT. Let's highlight some of the voices uh, who are going to be a part of the original March Madness. <laughs> That's right. You know, I do think it's taken away a little bit of its luster. What do you think, Mike, now that it's no longer at MSG and it's in Vegas of yeah. all places? I mean, listen, I, going, you know, I, I went to West Virginia. There was at a point I think we, we might have won the NIT or in the NIT. That's my point. I don't even remember. And it was recently. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a nice thing for the kids to get some extra games. But, uh, yeah. Well, and it's it's a cool thing when it's it's the teams like we see in the finals here too. You know, when it's the brand names and they're disappointed as far as what their their seasons turned out to be, it is kind of kind of uh, weird or awkward. But you know, this year North Texas versus UAB, what a flex by the way for Conference USA with Florida Atlantic as the the lone you know team to to make the tournament as the automatic qualifier. But then Tech, North Texas and UAB both make their way all the way to the the final uh that'll be on tonight if you're you're catching the podcast when we're taping here on thursday espn 2 9 30 eastern time john schriffen fran Frischilla, Myr- myron medcalf reporting for espn and hey um another hat tip westwood one is all over the place not just the ncaa tournament they have got college basketball blanketed men's and women's basketball nit you know um, lower divisions all these things but they've got a westwood one crew out at the nit uh championship that's jb long and casey jacobson a couple of west coast guys so that's cool to see and then you know this past weekend westwood one was out there for the division two national championships also um rich waltz um, was the play-by-play announcer on the CBS call. So CBS, given the division two, some, some good airtime as well. You know, that aired during the, the afternoon before they, um, the March Madness games kicked in. 
And Nova Southeastern, I don't know if you're familiar with that program or you've heard their story, yet another South Florida school. They're out of the the Fort Lauderdale area, so just like Florida Atlantic and Miami, they won the national championship. They had a perfect season in in Division II, so uh, hats off to to Nova Southeastern and their their whole crew down there, Sports Information Director John Leatherman, uh, great job. And, yeah, just kind of wild, you know, that this – you know, hoops, you know, people's appetite for it runs pretty deep, you know, and, you know, people sometimes say, man, it seems like you're, you're, you're covering a lot of, you know, as far as the announcer schedules, Twitter feed, you're, you're doing a lot of college hoops, you know, during the the year. And yeah, there, there's a ton of programming, that kind of thing. But part of it is it, it sort of preps you for this time of year where you get to know these teams, you know, you get to know the conference USA a little bit because those games are on CBS sports network or, or whatever it, it might be during the regular season. So it, it's kind of cool to see it all come to a crescendo here, you know, with, with, at the end of the season, even in these, these, you know, what, what a lot of people would consider consolation tournaments like the NIT. Well, and then let's go to the women's side where I read something the other day. You talk about the ratings. Last word on sports media might be talking more about this. The women's game, Iowa-UConn, um, had higher ratings than any men's NBA basketball game this season on ESPN. And uh, some other great broadcasters getting the call on those games. Yeah, you know, um, it's great to see the the women's game. We we had uh, Brenda Van Lingen on the show um, a week or so ago and got to to dive in deep into the, the women's tournament. It's coming down, you know, with the its final four as well. You know, the way they position it in terms of the the calendar, semifinals will be on Friday night. Uh, LSU Virginia Tech, Iowa South Carolina. Watch out for that one, nine thirty p.m. You know, with the the big star of Iowa taking on the. The, the giant in, in South Carolina. And then Sunday afternoon, 3.30 p.m. is the national championship game on ABC. All those games are happening in, in Dallas. And, yeah, you know, Ryan Rucco uh, has kind of, you know, moved into this role, you know, as the, the women's basketball voice, not just for women's college basketball, but also WNBA. So he, he's been doing a great job on the play-by-play and has developed a lot of reps and a lot of chemistry with his partner, Rebecca Lobo. They use Andrea Carter, who's a real rising star, as a sideline analyst. So she's, you know, in an analyst role, sort of like that field analyst that we've talked about on the on the football side of things. And then Holly Rowe, of course, who's been doing this for years, uh, will be there once again to handle the the sideline reporting and the post game interviews and all that kind of thing. Alternate telecast over on ESPN two, Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi. That was one of a, a big hit last year, if you remember that that alternate women's basketball telecast, these two bring a lot of uh, humor, but also obviously know the game very, very well. Uh, two of the the bigger bigger names in, in women's basketball. And uh, that was one of the more successful alternate telecasts, I would say, of last calendar year. So they're bringing that back. And there's a couple other megacast offerings, including one that I was reading about that it was like a sideline camera kind of going back and forth with the action. So imagine you're like almost sitting at the the scores table, but with only ambient noise. <laughs> so it's kind of a whole other experience. No commentators for, for this one. Right. Um, so, you know, kind of, kind of cool that they're continuing the, these mega cast offerings, you know, for these big events, including the, the women's basketball tournament. And then Westwood one will be there again. Uh, Ryan Radke, Debbie Antonelli talking about a busy schedule during uh, March Madness. She started 
uh, you know, in the, the first couple rounds doing men's games, then shifted over to the women's side. Basically, if she wasn't doing something on television, she was doing it for Westwood One Radio, and she'll be doing the Final Four. Uh, Krista Blunk, part of that crew as well. So, yeah, exciting stuff for, for the women's game as well, and hope people can tune in to, to that also this weekend. Yeah, great to see college basketball. Uh, it's biggest weekend. It's coming to a close. Monday night is the championship game, and, of course, uh, that is uh, the Jim Nance team. And um, you can hit watch that, of course, on CBS. This year it's CBS. Last year it was TBS. TBS, of course, gets uh, the big game, the the North Carolina Kansas game. Who will CBS get? We'll see. That will happen on Monday night. By the way, um, we got opening day baseball as well. And uh, by the way, I just got a message from Ken Lavica, uh, who's supposed to join us on the podcast. He is having another issue. Uh, he's having some credentialing issues. He's in Houston. He's supposed to join us on the podcast, uh, but he's in the credentialing line right now. And having this is Ken Lavica, people. How do you not know who this man is? Get him his credential. <laughs> yeah, I mean, first MSG's uh, Ethernet lets him down, and now we can't can't even get the the guy a credential. Come on, let, let let's go, uh, folks. But. Um, all, all the best in, in all seriousness to Ken. I know that's a that's a whirlwind experience. You, you know, you're juggling a thousand things and, and so forth. And you know, as we've talked about, you know, we're basically a you know one man show as far as that whole uh, broadcast goes. So um, hopefully he'll get that sorted out. And if at some point you know down the road he's able to join us, yeah. that'd be great. I'm trying to uh, have some communication on with him as we're doing the pod. See, we're we're uh, having some uh, technical issues with him on his side. We're all good here. We're gonna keep going. Uh, I'm talking to him. We'll try to set something back up. Maybe we'll do a standalone uh, interview with him uh, later on in the day or something. But uh, we'll do the announcer schedule podcast. We'll continue it. Uh, Major League Baseball opening day. I just had uh, Doug Glanville on my radio show. He's going to be a part of ESPN Radio's national broadcast for the White Sox and Astros. You've got uh, Roxy Bernstein, a former uh, guest of the pod. He's going to call that game with them. TV, Carl Ravage, Eduardo Perez, Roger Clemens. We told you that last week here on the pod. Buster Olney for that White Sox-Astros on the uh, TV side. Matt Vasgersian, Tom Verducci, J.P. Morosi, the Giants and Yankees. That game uh, kicking off in about an hour and a half. And then uh, you got a bunch of uh, opening week games going on as well. Yeah, you know, I must say I'm a little underwhelmed, Mike, this year with 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 opening day. And I think it might be the case that these last couple of seasons as well, where I recall opening day as a day that, you know, there would be sort of like blanketed action as far as live games go, um, you know, on, on different ESPN uh, networks on MLB network and that kind of thing. And the fact that they're nationally, there's the one o'clock game on MLB network giants, Yankees, and there's the 7 PM game, white Sox Astros on, ESPN and ESPN radio, but that's it. Like, you know, like, don't, don't you remember the days when there would be like four or five games on yeah. throughout the day and you could just settle in and, and it'd be this sort of like, you know, sort of, um, you know, holiday of sorts, sort of like the first day of, of March Madness, but the baseball version of it. Yeah. I mean, now it seems to be, listen, they played preseason games two days ago and now it's like there is no, the lines are blurred between a Cactus League game, a Grapefruit League game, and a regular season game. I mean, two days ago, you're playing in front of 10,000 people in Florida. The next day, you're in Texas playing a game that counts. It's just really weird how they kind of just go right into the season now. There doesn't seem to be 
that parade, that fanfare, that all day where there's just a game on my television uh, the entire day. But that's what we're getting. Saturday, you're going to get some uh, national games. Roxy Bernstein and Doug Glanville are back. Uh, and then you get the Sunday night game on ESPN Radio, but that's all year long. John Schiambi and uh, Doug Glanville's back for that. Uh, but you got some games on TV this weekend, and but baseball has kind of become a regionalized thing. Yeah, you know, there are some some Fox games. I'm still trying to track down the – and confirm the announcer pairings for these. The one we did learn, and this one would would interest uh, your audience up there in in South Jersey, Mike. Phillies at Rangers on Fox, uh, four o'clock. Uh, you know, regionalized coverage. Jason Benetti and AJ Prezinski on the call for that one. So you know, got kind of a new pairing there. You know, as Fox continues to utilize Jason Benetti, and you know, certainly. You know, giving him a, a um, you know national game on Fox the very first weekend of, of MLB coverage. I'm guessing, you know, the educated guess, of course, is Giants Yankees will be you know Joe Davis and and John Smoltz, but just haven't seen anything quite official yet there. But but yeah, you know, um, it'll be cool to see Jason Benetti. You know, I know he was a guest on George Hoffman's you know uh, program this week, and I think part two of that conversation is coming up soon if people want to check that out. But yeah, that that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, Jason Benetti, you know, who certainly can handle all sorts of these sports and as Fox continues to use him more and more. Yeah, I heard Joe Davis on a podcast this week talking about his call of the WBC that we talked about last week. And, you know, he said he gave himself like a B, I think, uh, on the call there. But Joe Davis, um, you know, in his, you know, because one of the things that's interesting, this is a pretty interesting behind the, you know, inside the head of the broadcasters. He had made the call on television of Otani striking Mike Trout out. And a lot of the school of thought is you don't describe the action that you actually see on the screen in that big moment. You say something like, you know, to put an exclamation part that Japan wins their third championship instead of saying what you just saw. Well, he said he thought the moment was big enough, Otani striking Trout out, that he should have, in fact, described the action that you were, in fact, watching. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I, I guess that is sort of that fine line, you know. Well, um, you know, like uh, I've heard Jim Nance say before, Phil, that he has a bunch of things kind of written out, like, you know, whoever wins the Masters, like you'll have some sort of play on words if that person wins. You know, instead of describing the putt going in, He'll say, you know, Woods wins it for the third time or, you know, something. I, I, I you know, but I, I thought that was kind of an interesting insight from Joe Davis on uh, who I forget who he said actually was the person who had told him, you know, that. And it was good insight. I think he was on uh, which podcast did he do recently? I have to think about it. It, it might have been uh, Richard Deitch or Jimmy Traina's podcast. Uh, they had Joe Davis on. And he talked about – he actually said for the WBC that he was not all that excited about it. He thought it was just going to be something in the way of opening day. How about that? Wow. How about that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it certainly turned into a, a blockbuster event. And, you know, it, there was a lot of great kudos thrown Dave Fleming's way, who did the the world feed of that World Baseball Classic. You know, Fleming, one of the voices of the San Francisco Giants and – yeah, you know, does a, a bunch of work for free ESPN across a, a number of sports. A lot of people loved, you know, his, um, you know, 
take on the World Baseball Classic and his, his work there. You know, part of it was Joe, Joe didn't do quite as many games as a lot of the guys did. You know, I'm not sure exactly what went down with the scheduling there, but if you recall, Jason Benetti did a couple games um, in in place of, of Joe Davis with, with Smoltz, as did Kenny Albert, you know, down there in Miami uh, heading into that that championship game. So, you know, um, maybe that has something to do with it as far as, you know, just, you know, the, the, the longer you're, you know, in there and in, in the middle of it all, you know, obviously you, you've got that much more information, that many more storylines. All right, let's get down the stretch. Final stretch run, NBA, NHL. Uh, they're coming down to their final two weeks of the season in the NBA. Yeah, so NBA, you know, it's, it, you're exactly right. Like these games are starting to matter quite a bit in terms of playoff seeding and, you know, whether you're making the playoffs and, and that kind of thing. You know, TNT uh, continuing its coverage on, on Thursday nights, ESPN on on uh, Wednesday nights and, and so forth. And, yeah, you know, uh, coming down the stretch, you know, some of these guys like Ian Eagle and Kevin Harlan, you know, are back to the NBA after, you know, uh, doing so much uh, – March Madness. Um, the same could be said for Brian Anderson, who, by the way, speaking of Major League Baseball, is also you know he'll juggle uh, Milwaukee Brewers, where he's the the lead TV play by play voice as well. But yeah, exciting time for the NBA, and I uh, do want to give a happy birthday wish. You know, we 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 uh, talked about um, Walt Clyde Frazier on the show uh, not too long ago in his remembrance of, of Willis Reed, but he turned seventy eight years old. Uh, yesterday, and uh, it happened to be a home game for the the Knicks. Knicks Heat um, on on Wednesday night on MSG. Breen, by the way, was out of town doing a game for for ESPN. And you know, usually Kenny Albert is the the next guy up. I'm I'm pretty sure of that. Um, Albert was doing NHL for TNT in Colorado. And so they went three deep with Ed Cohen, who's the the radio voice for the Knicks and occasionally, you know, does this pinch hitting on the TV side. And um, by all accounts, I, I had a buddy watching that that MSG broadcast and he said that Cohen just crushed it like uh, he really, really impressed with Cohen's play by play work. So that that's impressive for a, a network to ha- go three deep with play by players. Yeah, and uh, listen, the more the merrier, the more chances, the more opportunities. And these guys are all over the place, and we hear so many stories here on announcer schedules of travel issues, this happening, conflicting schedules. I think we're just going to hear uh, more and more of these kind of, uh, you know, the depth being something that you're going to have to uh, provide if you're these networks. Uh, NHL on TNT, NHL coming down the stretch as well. Brendan Burke, Kenny Albert. Uh, Albert, of course, uh, his voice all over the place, football, hockey, uh, we've got McDonough, Ray Ferraro, Emily Kaplan on NHL Saturday, ABC, ESPN2, Mike Monaco, Cassie Campbell, Pascal, and uh, the NHL season's coming down the stretch, so they're going to be getting their Stanley Cup playoffs getting going here as well. So there we go. We've got it all. Um, and then we're going to have the draft coming up as well. We'll have some drafts conversation, I'm sure, uh, on who's going to be covering that. Of course, you got the ESPN, you got the NFL Network, and – I think ABC, do they not do like a different, like a college uh, tailored, you know, version of the draft coverage? ESPN kind of does their, you know, with the NFL analysts with Mel Kuyper. And then on ABC, I thought they did more of a college version. I, could be I, I I think you're right. If I if I remember back with Herb Street in, yes. in company on, on the other network, um, I must say, Mike, I haven't watched the draft in probably 20 years. 
All right. Well, uh, I think they do the extra coverage on ABC. NFL Network does it as well. All right. We apologize for Ken Lavica. We know we said in the beginning of the pod uh, that he was scheduled to be our guest today, and he was. He did reach out to me in the middle of the pod as we were recording, so this is happening in real time that he is having an issue getting his credential. Maybe he can tell us about that story. We're going to try to reschedule. We know he had the story. Uh, we should probably play what happened to Ken, right? Should we uh, at least play what happened in that moment, and we can kind of talk about it. Um, so for those of you not aware, Ken Lavica, he is the play-by-play voice of the Florida Atlantic Owls. The night of the Elite Eight, he is calling the game when – with about 18 seconds left in the game, the power, the Ethernet, if you will, the Ethernet, which gives you Internet access, it connects. In the broadcast world, we call it a Comrex access. That is the, the piece of equipment he was using. I use it for when I do live radio broadcast. He's using it. The Ethernet gives that access internet to connect back to the studio so that box calls the studio box they connect and it sends the broadcast through that way well with about 18 seconds left in the game the power the ethernet went out and Ken Lavica is looking around as Florida Atlantic is about to go to the final four for the first time ever and really Phil, I guess, didn't know what to do, right? I mean, you're sitting there, you're looking around, and what am I supposed to do in this very moment? Well, he quickly, there was a timeout that was called, and we'll have him to tell us about it, and he was able to get, what, Ethernet from another row on press row somewhere? Yeah, so so behind him, you know, the the way it works is, you know, typically the the – you know, for a game like this, and, and this is even a, an issue. We, we've talked to announcers about that. Not everybody's down there on the on the front row, but it seemed like Levicka was in row one, and then there's rows two and three behind him, which are mostly print guys. You know, and you know, there's every single seat is outfitted with an Ethernet cable. You know, where where the you know, um, you know these these arenas. Uh, are usually outfitted with pretty strong Wi-Fi now. You yeah. know, they spend big, big bucks to 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 not only you know service the media, but especially for the fan experience. So the like there there's there's Wi-Fi options too, typically. But you know, certainly if you're you know doing a broadcast, you want to be on a hard line, which you know is that much more dependable typically, and that kind of thing. And so he was able to go back to that that row behind him. And grab a, a cord from there, you know. <laughs> and, Here's the problem, um, though. He, the cord wasn't long enough, right. so he needed someone who just happened to be from West Palm Beach that he knew hold the access for him so that he could give you the final call of the game. For a session, yeah, so for a nice second, good as well. As far as the, uh... The West Palm Beach crew going, and yeah, you know that that's pretty wild as far as just how that all went down. Let's take a listen. Ken Lavica calls it here on 106.3. For a session, for a second, good as well. Kansas State doesn't have any timeouts. The inbound from Sills. Here comes Noel up the near side, left front court. Three seconds now, two. Noel throws him a shoot. High right. It's stepped away by Davis. He stole it. Florida Atlantic 
Florida Atlantic is going to the Final Four. One of the most improbable stories in college basketball history has just played out in New York City. Houston, you have a problem. Florida Atlantic is coming to town looking for a trophy. Florida Atlantic 79, Kansas State 76. FAU is going to the Final Four. All right, there you go. Houston, you have a problem. Florida Atlantic is coming for a trophy. One of the most improbable. Great call by Ken Lavica. And by the way, as we message, Ken has just gotten back to me. He says, yes, tomorrow will work. So we will do a standalone tomorrow uh, with Ken Lavica, and he can give us a little bit more insight. But there you go. That was the call from Ken with the power back. He got the final play. Kansas State loses to Florida Atlantic. It, it is a remarkable story for the things that we talk about here at the Announcer Schedules podcast. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad Ken got it sorted out there down at the credentials office uh, in in Houston and you know, looking forward to, to really uh, breaking down, you know, not only that that experience, you know, and how that all went down, but just this, this overall experience for him, you know, riding this wave of uh, Florida Atlantic Owls going all the way to the Final Four. What a Cinderella story. Amazing. Unbelievable. So we'll leave it there. Ken will be on tomorrow. We will do a standalone conversation with him. Don't forget, like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, the announcer schedules podcast on Last Word on Sports Tuesdays. Tell me a story I don't know with uh, George Offman, who uh, Jason Benetti, the guest this week. Last Word on Sports with TJ Reeves. This week, the guest, me. And uh, the Announcer Schedules podcast, we drop on Thursdays, Phil and I, with all the announcer news. Tomorrow, we'll do Ken, so check back to the feed for that standalone. Next week, we'll be back, and next week, we'll be talking to former Sixer play-by-player Mark Zumov about his new venture and what he's got going on. Always check the feed. You never know when we're going to get a standalone pop-up interview here on the Announcer Schedules podcast. There you go, episode... 42 in the books for Phil. I'm Mike. Happy opening day, final four weekend, and we'll be back next week right here on Last Word on Sports. This is the Announcer Schedules Podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody.